We've all watched inspiring movies. You know, those ones where you quietly wipe away your tears, hoping nobody sees you. You get those warm, fuzzy feelings all over your body. You know those movies? You know what I'm talking about. And maybe sometimes you feel guilty. You shouldn't be wasting your time watching Netflix. But did you know that just maybe these inspiring and motivating films, maybe they're good for your mental health? Maybe they'll make your brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Can sitting in a dark theater or maybe your living room for two hours make your brain happy? Cinema therapy. Is it really a thing? Today we have on Sean Block, who is a corporate trainer, facilitator, and storyteller focused on mental wellness. He hosts a podcast called Soul Tears, and y'all know every once in a while he pops up in here to give us a mental health tip. In this episode, he wrote, he researched and sent to me and said, yo, movies can make your brain happy. What? Actually, I was been watching Netflix a little bit too much lately, and it's been like, kind of an escape from different things. It's like, oh, this is a chance to like, just turn off my brain and just sit there and, you know, absorb content. And I was asking myself, is that healthy? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? You know, and a good thing is it is a distraction. It is like checking out from your struggles for a couple hours. Yes. But being in the personal development space, you know, watching TV is, is known as, you know, you're, you're not reaching your full potential. You're wasting time, you know, that type of thing. You hear that message over and over and over. But if you're not mentally well, if you're not mentally healthy, what good is all the other stuff? And so the struggle for me is like, what role does entertainment have in your life? And I saw an article, I just, I start reading a little bit about benefits of watching movies and cinema therapy and ideas like this. And it explores that. And I was, I'm still curious, does, it's a debate, you know, how, how important is it? And the, the other thing I will say is as an educating people in life, there's no more powerful way to influence and share ideas if you don't have a story or a platform to start the discussion. And there's a couple of movies that, that I watch and I was asking, why do I care about this movie so much? What does it resonate? Some just entertainment, the depth level, eh, not so much. But then the ones that I really connect with, wow, it's, it's all about depth and it's all about exploring something for you. And it's a discussion point. It's a chance to discuss. And I think this is where it came from wanting to bring this to a show like this is that that struggle, the healthy debate. What role does this stuff have in your life? I think the the guilt life is real with personal development. Like, oh, you should be doing this, this, this. Like, but you said something interesting. You just said what resonates with me. And we can't judge what resonates with us or resonates with someone else because sometimes it's like an energetic thing of like, I don't really know why this moves me. It just moves me. Like I know some people who, and you'll mention it later, who like they really love suspense and horror and thriller and all that. And you can't like defend that at a Tony Robbins conference of being like, this is inspo. You know what I'm saying? But for some reason, it really makes people excited and gets them creative. I wanted to mention last night I was in, I take acting every week and I still do it. And I'm going to keep doing it because I love it. So the other day was like, what? what's the point of that? And I'm like, because I love it, Paul. But this guy did this monologue beautiful. It was quirky and weird and interesting. And this young man at the end of the class, he said, I just want to thank 
Jeff for his monologue because I've been having a really hard day. And for some reason, that just brought me a lot of joy. And I love that he shared that because I was thinking that was a silly little goofy monologue this dude did. But it actually, even in practice, did something for this young man. You know, and a lot of times we, again, to your point, we judge, oh, this is just entertainment. Oh, this is just silly. Oh, this is a waste of time. Oh, I should be doing this instead of paying attention to our natural body's response to it and how it makes us feel. So true. And and as you were saying that, uh, one scene in one movie, one of my favorite movies of all time is Goodwill Hunting. And one scene particularly, and it's the most powerful scene in the movie is where Robin Williams' character and Matt Damon's character are sitting on a bench and sitting on a bench in the watching by a lake. And we have to have, a, you have to watch this monologue, but he, Robin Williams, gives the most powerful monologue. And basically in essence, he was so worried about what Matt Damon was telling, Matt Damon's character was basically saying that Robin Williams' character, uh, you know, his, it was his psychiatrist or his doctor, you know, doesn't know anything. And like, but Robin Williams' character was able to basically dismiss and realize this kid was on the surface level. He didn't really understand what was going on in his life. He talked a big game. He was had the knowledge and intellect and knew things. And he was he could tell you about anything in life, any topic, but he couldn't talk to you about his emotions. He couldn't talk to you about connection. He couldn't mm. talk to you about being real. And Robin Williams came to that conclusion and realized this guy, he doesn't know anything. He might know business. He might know this, but he doesn't know himself. And that is what his realization was. And I relate to that so much about finding that meaning and that depth in your life. Mm-hmm. And that, that scene just exemplifies to me so much of, of trying to bring the personal into your life. This is, I think, the disconnect, you know, when we're trying to rationalize, and here I go doing what I said we shouldn't do, of like, okay, we, we feel that in a movie, we are, we're inspired, there's something that moves inside of us. Does that actually affect your life? And does it matter? Maybe it doesn't matter if it affects your life. Maybe it's just a good little hit of, of feel goods and, and it just is nice for you. But how do you think like that translates over into your, your personal life? Would you experience like scenes like that? And that brings into some of the guilt sometimes too. You, we all learn things, but is learning just hearing them, getting information or is it connecting and bring it to your, your daily mm-hmm. life, right? So I can be moved and I can be uh, touched and things by that scene, but did I make changes? Well, I saw that movie for the first time 15 years ago, and I'm still talking about it. So how many conversations I have I had in my life where I've referenced that movie, and it's been a vehicle or talking point to talk about something deep and real and meaningful. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I'm talking about it now. Right. That's what that movie's had such an influence on me. So maybe I'm not doing, you know, bringing, learning all the lessons, but I'm bringing that conversation, and it, I'm processing and learning through it. Yeah. So. I think that there's something inside all of us that we can't necessarily put words to. And there's things that we face throughout our day in our life that we can't diagnose and put a formula to and all of that, because it's something spiritual and energetic that we're experiencing as humans. And I think where, where the disconnect is and the frustration is, is we're trying so hard in our, our lives to put words to something that never meant to be, it was never meant to be labeled or put words to or put into a formula or manipulated. It was just meant to be experienced. And we put our guard down when we watch movies and do stuff like that, or we allow ourselves to be a human and experience things where we don't allow ourselves to experience things in real life. Right before we hit Paul, like play in here, like I'm close enough to you that I can sit here and talk about my life and I can get teary eyed and stuff 
and just have a natural emotional response. But in regular life, you don't feel the freedom of that. You know what I mean? You, you, you put on a suit, you put on whatever, and it's like, I am this professional. I am this person. Um, I can't feel anger or frustration or cry or whatever. I can't do those things. But when you watch a movie, for some reason, you feel freedom to be able to do that. So I think if anything, it unlocks something that's been whole, you've been holding in for so long and it really has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> Paul's right here. Uh, I didn't know this, but Sean had found on SciComm website, Dr. Holly Schiff, who's a licensed clinical psychologist, mentioned in this article linked to the show notes that, yeah, this can help you, quote, express some emotions you've been having a hard time expressing. Okay. Well, I, I would say this when I know people, even family members, even my dad, even me, when's the only time that they cry? When's the only time they get yep. emotional? Yep. Because you turn your head off and your heart on, right? I wanted to to ask you too, like, so that we're talking about what the benefit of this stuff is. And I can tell you some downsides to this is that you may get wrong information. You might get mm -hmm. uh, information about mental health that's portrayed wrong, that could be dangerous yep. or professionals. And I know you have a, a background in, in therapy and counseling, uh, maybe misrepresents things. So 100%. how do you balance that you know, yeah. with with connecting and getting that personal side and growth that we're talking about. That's a, that's a challenge. I, I think, and, and I had wrote on the notes here that, you know, the flip side to entertainment is the numbingness of it. And to your point, misinformation, kind of the negative side to things. And I think that's why the self-awareness piece really comes into play of how does this honestly make me feel when I consume it? Do I feel fear? Do I feel um, confusion? Do I feel nervous? And I'm not saying it has to be all feel goody stuff all the time because there can be some really direct information or direct entertainment that challenges you, but it does so in a way that's that's a, a light, um, um, expansive, mm -hmm. high energy way as opposed to like death and fear and dread. And you know that dark, dark place we get mm -hmm. into. And so it's been interesting. Like I've watched, because I love thriller movies. I've watched some thriller movies that I can honestly say, like at the end, like I don't, I, I don't know if I'm gonna say I feel happy by any means, but creative and and interested, and it's like a, it feels different than somewhere I watch and I feel sick and I feel like this darkness come over me or whatever. So, I know it was a little bit off your question, but I think in general we have to pay really close attention to our body's responses mm -hmm. and our feelings around something, and it doesn't have to make sense. Like we don't have to logically say this is why this makes me feel this way. Just trust how it makes you feel, period. And you know what? Sometimes what you experience that may feel really good to you may feel really bad for me. And that's okay too. Again, we have to trust how we all individually feel about stuff. You bring up like horror movies, thrillers. I can't think of a better example of the contrast or the debate because in a horror movie, you might have a crazy person whose mental health is portrayed as, as something just off. Yeah. It's just not right. But the entertainment or the the other value you get to experience something, to relate to it in your own way, like you just said, is that more important than this ridiculous portrayal of mental health? Yeah. That's a real struggle. And I'm sure there's debate on both yeah. sides of that. 100%. And I don't have an answer, but I, I can tell you that I feel anytime you tap into your emotions, it's a, it's a positive. Mm -hmm. It's a definite positive. Feeling emotions is the way to break your anxiety and Amen. to get out of your head. So there's an article on psychcentral.com, how watching movies can benefit your mental health. And they mention things like boosting your mood, relaxation, motivation, improving relationships, reducing stress, but also to get this one inspiring social and cultural reflection. And this brings me to my favorite movie, The Secret Life 
of Walter Mitty. And you might be like, how in the world does that um, evoke like societal change and some of this deep stuff? Because it's kind of a really quirky, weird, humorous uh, movie about a man who breaks away from his corporate America job to go find a photographer in Greenland and uh, recover a, a missing photograph that they need for his, his corporation's magazine. And it's a really silly, adventurous, ridiculous movie. But it moves me so freaking much because through to your point earlier, Sean, it uses storytelling to say something that you don't know it's saying until it's the end of the movie and you just got smacked with something. And the whole idea of it is breaking away from what society tells you that you should be and security and the grown-up thing to do and honoring the adventurous child within you and making space for that. And it's interesting because in the movie, I don't know if they meant to do this, but I can see him almost transition into a younger version of himself. Like at the beginning, he's buttoned up and he has glasses and he's rigid and his hair slicked back. And at the end, he has a little bit of a beard going on. His hair's a little bit looser and he's wearing different clothes. And you see like the youthfulness come back in him as he like honors uh, that exploratory side to him. And here's the interesting thing is I think he has less money at the end. <laughs> he has mm. less security at the end, but he's so happy and he's so free. And I love that movie because it just like reminds me of like all the things I'm chasing isn't necessarily going to bring fulfillment. Like what really lights you up. And um, it's funny because in it's a very deep undertone, but it's so light and funny throughout the whole thing that you're like laughing and crying at the same time. It's well, well done, but it's one of my favorite freaking movies. And it's something I'm going through in my own life right now that I've got to rewatch and get inspired by. <laughs> well, hey guys, before we go, Sean is going to be leading a small group of people in May to watch certain movies and join a Zoom call and chat about them. He did it a few years ago during the pandemic and had a really great turnout. So we wanted to invite you. All you got to do is head over to our Discord channel, which is linked up in the show notes, connect with Sean there and get all of the details. And listen, y'all, whether it is using an anxiety triad, getting a pet dog, or just watching a stinking good movie, we hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. 